three, two, one. Welcome back to Big Friendly Sports with John Hamm. Here in the first week of October, of course, everyone is laser-focused on OU Texas this weekend, uh, but the Oklahoma City Thunder are getting started in training camp. They had media day a couple of days ago. Uh, talked a lot about that uh, on Herd Thundering with Brett Dawson and uh, got some more things to go over today. Uh, we're going to dive into... Something a little different. Uh, I, I thought the Thunder social media did something uh, did something kind of fun, and uh, we're going to talk about that, believe it or not. So before we get going, though, a big thanks to our sponsors for supporting our show. That includes MidFirst Bank, the Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Firelight Casino, and the Oklahoma Ford Dealers. Drive in to your best Oklahoma, best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Joining me now is Michael Martin. Michael uh, worked at the Oklahoman. He worked with my friend Joe Masato on the Thunder Buddies podcast, now part of the sellout crowd to help uh, make everything move as it needs to. Michael, how's it going today? Going great, John. I've been a big fan of yours for a while. It's a uh, very exciting uh, to be here on the Big Friendly. It is. Uh, it's it's an exciting time of year, as I mentioned. Obviously, you know. Again, I understand this is football country, and uh, that's always going to be you know the the major thing until the season is over. But you know, the Thunder uh, are going to occupy uh, occupy a lot of brain space around this state. And, you know, I'm excited to have, uh, have you and along with Brett and of course our columnists that are going to be you know, covering the thunder this season. And, um, you know, it just sort of your kind of takeaway from what you've consumed from media day. What, what did you think about the entire day? What are some things that you heard just, you know, sort of your overall feel for the day? First of all, I'm happy to join the team. I feel like Christian Leitner on the dream team. I'm just happy to be, included but yeah media day <laughs> there, there were some fun things going on um my biggest takeaway was just hearing um shay talk about taking his game to the next level and the thing that's going to take and just hearing about the improvement of guys during the offseason like obviously the thunder aren't going to come in and go this guy got worse but hearing about um uzman <laughs> jang working with chip england or anything like that is always super interesting but what about you what was your biggest takeaway yeah, I mean, they never come in and say, well, I lost a lot of skill in the summer. Uh, I shrunk. I was seven foot. Now I'm six, nine. Uh, I dropped 15 pounds. Uh, I lost a lot of muscle mass. Like we never hear those things. It's always very mm -hmm. positive. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'd fall into this too, this sort of trap where, you know, you ask, what did you work on this summer? And typically the response is, well, a little bit of everything. And I don't pin them down and say, no, no, no. Tell me exactly, like, can you dribble better? Can you, is, is your, is your shot form a little bit different? Um, have you gained some miles per hour? Like, give me a thing that you've actually improved on skill wise. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think I have described it as everyone seemed like really centered. Everyone seemed, I think just, just pretty focused. Um, you know, they're, there have been some accomplishments within the team, not just here in the U.S., but obviously Vasily Micic and his accomplishments overseas. But those didn't like overshadow everything. Um, and, and it seems like that's what I sort of took away is that there there seemed to be a pretty good message on 
we're focused on more than those accolades. If those come along, wonderful. But I think it's going to kind of dovetail along with team success. Yeah, optimistic and confident is how I would probably describe it. They're not going out there and thinking, oh, we're going to win the title. We're going to win a bunch of playoff series. But I do feel like top to bottom, and you even heard Sam talk about this last week, and he's not someone who just gives out compliments for free, but he was confident about this team being better than last year. And I see that across the board of everyone just feeling pretty good about the team's chances. That doesn't mean they're going to win 50 games, but I think that there will be improvement just as a basketball product from last year. It's going to be really fascinating, especially when you contrast it with the rest of the league and sort of teeing off on that. um, I think one thing to, to sort of talk about today is I'm always interested in the national media and how they talk about and how they think about this team. And sometimes it's really hard. You know, sometimes it's, you know, I, I've heard so many people outside of Oklahoma City that, you know, just felt like Oklahoma City needed to push in and go get a big name and make a big splash or something like that. Um, and, and not really kind of understanding where this has been going for the past few years. But we do have some preseason power rankings from the ringer. This is Kevin O'Connor. And we don't necessarily have to go 30 to one here. Um, the top four teams are you know, basically the teams you would expect. Denver, Milwaukee, Boston, uh, Phoenix. Smack dab in the middle of the league in the power rankings, Michael, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. And uh, there is a section here where he, he kind of groups some of these teams together. Uh, as I mentioned, those top four teams, um, they are sort of in a class of their own. And then Oklahoma City was in a group of, of basically up-and-comers, teams that are expected to, to be on the rise and um, – so, you know, as, as you're kind of going through the list there and, and you're scrolling and expecting to see Oklahoma City, uh, how did you feel when you arrived at number 15 and there they were? It felt appropriate. Like you mentioned, they're in the tier of young and up-and-comers. And just as much, I wanted to see the teams in their tiers and the tiers above and below them. And I feel like this is pretty fair. Just going through the list of teams, this would put the Thunder at best six in the West to nine, which I think is right where they probably will be and then putting them in this team with other young and up and coming teams like the Cavs, the Kings, the Pelicans, the Knicks, I think is fair. I think a couple of those teams are probably a little bit more accomplished and set to have a better year next season, but I feel like they're on a similar trajectory there. There weren't too many things I was looking at. It's like, well, that team's way better than the thunder. That team's way worse. Why aren't they higher? But I'm curious to see what you think. That feels about right. Now, I don't get too worked up over rankings that really don't matter. Um, So I'm not going to like, you know, pitch a giant fit on some of these. A few of these were interesting. I mean, Cleveland being at 14, I have a higher opinion of the Cavaliers than that. Um, You know, and the Pelicans are in that group. The Pelicans are very much a very theoretical, sort of like the L.A. Clippers, If they're healthy, yes, they could be a very impressive basketball team, but, you know, we just haven't seen it yet. And so we're still going to kind of buy into the idea until eventually they're gone, I guess, until the team gets broken up in uh, in some way or the other. So, but, you know, are the Knicks, I mean, are are the Knicks a better basketball team than the Thunder at this moment? Probably. Um, Is that going to be the case, you know, starting next year? I, I don't think so at all. Um, so kind of being in that group was interesting, but all in all, whenever you, you know, when someone nationally is going through and is, is putting these teams, slotting them in here and there, 
And, uh, you know, they have them above the Atlanta Hawks who have their own kind of share of issues and they're kind of stalled out. Um, have them above the Mavericks who, you know, have their issues of their own. Minnesota Timberwolves who have gone all in. Consider all that and then consider that Oklahoma City still has the capability to do a whole lot of things if they want to. It's It, it seems pretty fair to put them smack dab in the middle, just like Oklahoma City is smack dab in the middle of the map practically. Exactly, John. And the thing with the Mavs and the Wolves are they probably have a higher ceiling than Thunder, but their floor is just so low because of a lot of the things we saw last year with if Luka's gone for any amount of time, Kyrie, I'm just assuming he's going to miss 20, 25 games for whatever reason, injury or whatever it is. The the Wolves, Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, it's still a weird dynamic. I think Anthony Edwards is going to be in the most improved conversation but there's no guarantees on that end. And I'm glad you mentioned the Cavs because I probably overlooked them. I'm also high on them. I think that it's nice that KOC has these tiers, but you almost get stuck in these tiers because I would even swap uh, the Clippers and the Cavs just in terms of which teams I feel more confident, confident about. But yeah, you can't put the, the uh, retirement home Clippers in the up and coming category. <laughs> right, exactly. And and I get it. I mean, in theory, we have seen, you know, it's, it hasn't been very often, but when the Clippers have been healthy, you know, and Kawhi is, is, you know, feeling it. Yeah. I mean, that is a potential wrecking ball, but you know, again, it's all pretty theoretical. So um, just, just an interesting thing to, to start the season, to put the thunder in there. Uh, I, I encourage you to go read the entire thing, but about the thunder specifically, uh, Kevin O'Connor said that, uh, you know, Shea Gildas Alexander finished fifth in MVP voting last season. And now his young teammates are all another year older. And I do think that is an important point. He goes on to point out like Jalen Williams looks swole, which means he's put on weight, just in case if anyone was a little confused by that. Uh, Josh Giddy says that he's better at drawing fouls and Chet Holmgren is 100% healthy and entering the fold. You know, I, I've written a little bit about this. I'm probably going to put it out on sellout crowd at some point for people that are disappointed, you know, that the thunder didn't go out and make a, a big trade. These were some of the trades they made. They're not visible. They don't show up in the transaction logs, but when you're trading last season's Jalen Williams, Josh Giddy for this season's Jalen Williams, Josh Giddy, and adding Chet Holmgren, um, that's an upgrade. That's going to be an upgrade in and of itself. It just, it's not going to be a blockbuster trade that shows up on the front page of, of your favorite sports site. Well, just think about the leap that Shea took from two years ago to last year of that as like a, a star trade where you go from maybe a fringe all-star to now a guy who's looked at as maybe a superstar and first team all NBA. Like the best thing for this team is not to go in for a star trade just yet because you don't know how good a lot of these guys can be. What you need more than anything is just a time machine to go where they're all 27 and 28 and get a real feel for how good these guys will be in their prime. Yeah. And again, much like the Clippers and the Pelicans are theoretical, so is this Thunder team. You know, we've seen young teams that in the past that just haven't come together like they should have or, you know, have, have kind of puttered out. Some of that's injury related, but it's still very theoretical. But still, we've seen tangible improvements from this team as they've continued to improve, of course. So, um, yeah, I mean, interesting to get at least uh, at least one person at the ringer to put out uh, to put out their power rankings. And I mean, those are, you know, those are a dime a dozen. I'm sure we're going to find a bunch of those uh, in, in the days and weeks coming ahead and uh, do with them as you will. 
and you know valiantly defend your ground online if you must when it comes to these power rankings <laughs> so um another thing michael that so this this was interesting to me this is fun to me so you know when we're at media day obviously we're asking players a lot about you know basketball related stuff um i'm always interested in knowing you know what what interests these people like as, as human beings what entertains you what are things that you really like and we usually don't get a chance to ask a lot of those questions and so the thunder helped us out uh, on their instagram they have uh, a series of photos with each of the players and they're holding, it's almost like, you know, back to school, like a little chalkboard thing where you fill out, you know, your name and your birth date. And if this was grade school, they would put what grade they were going into, but that's not the case with these guys. Um, but they also listed, you know, things like, what is your favorite food? What is your favorite movie or favorite artist? And Michael, I'm so glad you're here because I need you to tell me what is a Burna boy? Because he is apparently very popular with some of these uh, players. I think that's going to be a foreign artist that I can't really help you with. I wish I could. There, there are a couple of them where you just look at it and you look at the player and you're like, no. And, you know, as yeah. we talked pre-show about Serbian foods and things like that, I thought about doing some research on Poku's playlist or uh, Micic or Lou Dort. But, yeah, it might be out of both of our ballparks right now say their favorite movie is Avengers Infinity War. Uh, what say you, Michael? Did they pick the right Avengers movie if they're picking their favorite? I would say they picked the right Avengers movie. Um, obviously, Endgame is the crescendo, but Infinity War is where everything really hits the fan and you don't know how it's going to end because you know there's another movie coming up after. Like, as Marvel fans, I don't know about everyone listening, but you knew there were two Avengers movies coming. So you knew there was this wasn't the end of it. But at the same time, that made it like the Empire Strikes Back where anything could happen. But that's definitely my favorite Avengers movie. Um, I quote it pretty often. I, I love the meme that a lot of people have put out of uh, Sam Presti as a uh, Doctor Strange. I don't know if you've seen that, but I, I'm going to go with Lou Dort and Isaiah Joe and uh, Avengers Infinity War is my favorite Avengers. Yeah, I, by the way, just applause to them for picking the right movie. Uh, well done, you guys. Uh, a lot of other interesting, interesting answers, like as far as, you know, favorite music artists, uh, Drake was also uh, very popular amongst some of the players. Uh, Josh Giddy, Jay Will mentioned him, uh, as did uh, Aaron Wiggins. Uh, who did Shay have? Where did I put Shay? Shay also Drake. Uh, Future was another popular artist amongst a lot of the players as well um so but some other answers in here so by the way j-dub j-dub's favorite food lobster mac and cheese well done sir that that is an excellent answer um i like that favorite movie kill bill all right tarantino fan i am down with that and his favorite artist michael jackson uh, the guy who I, I forget when J Dub was was born, but you know he wasn't that old when Michael passed away. So um, I, I love those answers from J Dub. Uh, very classy with the lobster mac and cheese uh, and Kill Bill is your favorite movie, and then going a little retro there with Michael Jackson as a favorite artist. Yeah, I love talking to J Dub. We talked about TV um, and some other things. I was referencing, I was uh, recommending some shows. He hit me back with some others. You mentioned Drake. I have this stat here because I, I thought that you might ask about this. 
I don't know if this is something that should be a point of pride, shame, or anything else, but my Spotify wrapped last year, John, I was in the top 0.0005% of Drake listeners, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> well, not intentional, uh, not something I was chasing. <laughs> You will get along with a lot of Thunder players, apparently. That's what I'm taking away from that. <laughs> oh, yes, man. Sir. There were some other interesting... Olivier Saar, his favorite movie, he just said Batman. And that's not specific enough. Now, if you if he meant the 1989 Batman with Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton, I mean, round of applause there. But there are so many Batman movies to pick from. I wanted more. I need something a little more specific if we're going to just say just Batman is my favorite movie. Yeah, I'm, there are so many different Batman movies to go from. I also caught that. It was like, do you want the Batman? Do you want Dark Knight? Do you want the Lego one? Do you want the the crossover between Scooby-Doo and Batman? Like, I'm very confused. There are so many different mediums of Batman <laughs> that it's just, it, it's like telling somebody, yeah, uh, my favorite movie is the one with Mickey Mouse. It's like, oh, okay, that doesn't narrow it down for me at all, but I, I appreciate it. Right. So yeah, whatever Batman it is, we'll, we'll have to investigate and ask Olivier who, which one he really meant. Man of the people, by the way, Aaron Wiggins. Favorite food, Alfredo pasta. Can't really go wrong there. Favorite TV show, The Office. And so I, the only person, he was the only one that answered The Office. I felt like that was going to be just an easy layup for a lot of guys. But uh, Aaron Wiggins... Well done, sir. I approve of The Office being your favorite TV show. Aaron Wiggins seems like he would do the gym stare into the camera after something awkward happens. I, I can see that. <laughs> and yeah, you mentioned Definitely. the man who saved basketball. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, but you mentioned the man who saved basketball. No, I, I talked to him at media day and I asked him, I was like, is saving basketball a one-time thing? Or can we count on you to keep saving the game? And he said, you can count on me. And I shook his hand. And I said, thank you, Mr. Wiggins, and left. <laughs> that is great. Oh, man. Some other uh, very interesting responses. Josh Giddy, his favorite TV show is Entourage. Um, that was unique. Davis Bertans. I wish I would have known this earlier in the week. Favorite TV show is Ted Lasso. Could have had some really long conversations with him about Ted Lasso. I, I'm in really, I'm kind of curious, like what does a pro athlete take from that show? Um, that That's something, again, that's information I wish I knew yesterday. And so I hope at some point in the future, I can kind of pull Davis aside and say, Hey, let's, I, I, let's, let's dive into Ted Lasso a little bit here. Let's, let's go into season three and maybe how it went off the rails a bit, but let's talk about Ted Lasso overall. Yeah, just watch some film. I, I love the difference in opinion of, and TV shows you have on like one end. You have Shay and he's like, I love Game of Thrones. And then on the other end, you have Trey Mann. He's like, I throw on yeah. SpongeBob and it's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that was kind of crazy to see Game of Thrones listed there. Speaking of HBO shows, um, Shay goes for the for the more gruesome uh, variety of HBO shows. Uh, Peaky Blinders was a, was a favorite amongst a couple of players. And Jeremiah Robinson Earl, after my own heart, his favorite movie is Interstellar, which is one of mine. I mean, I was looking for, did anyone say Interstellar or The Martian? And I did not see The Martian, but I saw Interstellar. Um, speaking of conversations I hope to have one day, 
would love to have a deep Chris Nolan conversation with JRE about his films and particularly Inter- Interstellar. Yeah, uh, Interstellar is one of the, the all-time movies. Some of it goes over my head, but I, I appreciate it nonetheless. I, I want to throw a theory by you because I've been workshopping this for a minute. I feel like Mark Dagnall has either never seen any of the Star Wars movies or has every word memorized from them, but there's no in between. <laughs> it is it is such a popular, obviously historical thing that you, if you've never seen the movie, you've heard enough of it that you could probably, you know, piece it together basically through all the dialogue. And so I, I could definitely see where both of those scenarios are true in his case. Yeah, we've, we've got a lot of cool characters on this team and guys who are interacting with each other. It's always fun to see them on TikTok and doing other things, but it's going to be really interesting for us to talk to them on the floor, off the floor, and just gauge some of their interests because, you know, since 08, when the Thunder came here, it's somehow Oklahoma City has been the fashion capital of the NBA. So we have a lot of guys with crazy interests that should be a lot of fun for us to talk about. Absolutely. A few other uh, interesting ones that made the round. Kenrich Williams, his favorite food is pizza. Can't really go wrong there. Favorite TV show is Martin, which is a deep cut from the 90s. His favorite artist is K. Rich, and I'm a little confused. Is he referring to himself, or is there a music artist named K. Rich? So I, I have a follow-up question off of that. Okay, so I looked it up, and I, I that also caught me by surprise. It just happens to be his favorite artist is another guy with a nickname K rich, which is just ridiculous to me. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe you have something in common where your favorite actor has the same name as you. I can't relate to that, but I can't imagine of all the people out there that make music that Kenrich Williams is like that. That's my guy right there. Same name. We're yeah. on the same wavelength. That's who I listen to. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I brought you on to, to fill me in on him. And if you know anything about Moneybag Yo, that might be handy at the moment because that is Keontae Johnson's favorite artist. And I have no idea uh, about this person's music. Yeah, I don't know him either, but I, I enjoy the fact that he was very honest and didn't try to put a fake favorite food. He just put chicken tenders and fries which I think a lot of people can relate to, but he didn't say yes. like lobster mac and cheese or something. It's like, what do the other guys say? I'm trying to impress here. Let me have a, let me put beef Wellington or something on here. He's just like very straightforward. Go to Kane's. That's my meal. Some more deep cuts. Usman Jang, his favorite TV show is prison break, which has not been in the, been on the air, like in a decade. I, it, maybe it's on one of the streaming services. Uh, maybe it's sort of like how Suits became a, uh, a, a hit over the summer. And uh, maybe he's just stumbling through and finds Prison Break and just starts uh, burning through that. But uh, yeah, that was his, uh, his favorite TV show. And his favorite food is Italian. And his favorite artist is Ninhu, which based on my research is not a popular artist. It seems to be someone that just has like a SoundCloud and sort of remixes some music. Uh, very niche taste there from Usman Jang. He's going with the deep cuts. I'm, I'm proud to hear that we didn't have Trey Mann say himself on SoundCloud or anything like that. But I, I like the varyingness of we have people. It's like just pizza, just steak. And then you have, yeah, my favorite artist is this guy who has six songs on SoundCloud and it's under a fake name. And you have to like only log in at night to see. It's like, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, to each their own, uh, that if, if, if that excites you, I'm, I'm all about it. So 
Oh, then let's see. We had a few others here. Poku. So let's get to the Serbians for a moment. Uh, Poku's favorite food, and and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, which is probably why he didn't try to pronounce it at Media Day because it doesn't translate, but Pasujal, P-A-S-U-J-L. And it, I looked it up, and it is a Serbian white bean soup. And so if there is a place in the metro where I can get that, I am more than willing to try it. Yeah, I, I'm new to part of the city. Uh, I don't know all the Serbian spots yet or if they exist. Uh, I did look up some Serbian foods because all I hear about is Serbia has great food. That's all we hear about from Jokic and Micic and Poku. It's like, well, I can't go. I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to eat. And there's some fried things that look like um, maybe like a veggie roll or a pork roll or something like that. So that looks good. But yeah, the the talk of the Serbian cuisine has reached the border to Oklahoma and it's it's got my interest. So we'll see. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll do some independent research and see if there are any Serbian places around us. It would be uh, handy to have right now because I'm, I'm sold just uh, based on what I've heard so far. Uh, Poku's favorite movie is Home Alone, which uh, that just tickles me. That that really does. Um, Home Alone and his favorite artist is uh, Remos, who is uh, apparently a Greek singer by the name of Antonis Remos. So, again, not anyone that's on the top forty right now. Do they? I don't even know if they do the top forty anymore. Hot one hundred, whatever the popular charts here in the states, you're not going to find Remos anywhere. Probably not. It reminds me of Pau Gasol whenever you would hear that he was working out to like opera music. It's like just whatever, whatever helps you, dude. Like, I don't really understand it. But if you are like getting a, a pump in, getting some shots up to hearing somebody like just use their entire diaphragm to sing, then do you. <laughs> and then Vasily Michich, his favorite food is crepes. I love me some crepes. My wife loves some crepes. Uh, so that was... That was interesting. I was not expecting that. Again, we just went through a list where there's a lot of, let, let's say, younger generation food where you just see burger, you see steak, um, then you see crepes. All right. Shows you kind of class the guy has. Um, his favorite artist is Andrea Bocelli. Uh, understandable. His favorite movie, and I'm going to butcher this too because, again, my Serbian is non-existent. Favorite movie, Cad Porostam Bichu Kinger. And based on my research, this is a Serbian comedy movie from 2004. The translation is, when I grow up, I'll be a kangaroo. The Internet Movie Database, the description has, during one particular night, the lives of several interconnected people are changed as they rapidly experience love, disappointment, joy, greed, and remorse. It sounds like a Serbian version of Love Actually, which also came out around the same time here in the U.S., um, but that is, those were the deepest cuts of everyone. Outside of Usman and his musical interests, that was the deepest cut of all, especially when it comes to favorite uh, movie. Hearing Kangaroo, you immediately caught my attention. I was like, I'm in. It doesn't matter <laughs> what else the title is. It was like Love and a Kangaroo. It's like, I don't know what's happening, but this is going to be good. And I appreciate Michich going with his actual favorite movie instead of just saying something generic that Americans would like, where it's Absolutely. like, I like the godfather it's like no i want to hear what you actually like and i really enjoy these this niche film i will do some research later on that and see if there's a subtitled version or an english dub but yeah you had me at kangaroo john 
Michael, it is available in its entirety on YouTube, free of charge. So your task for the next week, no, I'm kidding. Um, it's there. If, if you want to indulge in Vasily Amicic's favorite movie, it's available. Uh, and is CAD, K-A-D, Porestem, Bichu, Kanger, or just search for When I Grew Up, I'll Be a Kangaroo. And then you can you can share uh, this movie and that experience. I don't know about the subtitles. I didn't check on that. Uh, you might just have to experience it in its native tongue. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk to Mijic about it and go, yeah, I couldn't find an English dub, but I feel like I got some of the plot down. And I really enjoyed it. And I'm sure he'd look at me. It's like, I don't know why you watch this movie and we're not going to talk about anything, but that, that would be hilarious. I'd, I'd love to get a movie rewatch with every one of these guys and their favorite movies. Yeah. And again, I, I find it, I find it interesting to find out more about these, what these players, again, what interests them, uh, what, what they take in on their spare time. It's one of the questions I actually on media day, if I had the opportunity, I was going to ask because in the off season is when I will get caught up on, you know, movies or video games or whatever. And I'm just kind of curious in the off season, maybe players do that too. Um, I know a few years ago, like I went on a James Bond kick in the off season, just burned through some James Bond movies. Um, and, you know, do NBA players do this? Do they get to do that during the regular season when they're traveling? I, I don't know, but uh, now at least we know, what some of their favorite movies are. And uh, Michael, when you go to sit down and talk to, I don't know, talk to Wiggins, you can bring up uh, The Office. When you talk to Keontae Johnson, you can bring up Next Friday. Um, and Chet, we'll end this here on Chet. His favorite food, whatever is in front of him. Not surprising. Uh, for, a, for a guy that's trying to add on some weight, he will eat anything in front of him. Uh, his favorite movie or TV show, he listed Inside Job. And if you search for this, there is a documentary called Inside Job, which dealt with the 2008 financial crisis. I don't know if he's like really fascinated by that. Um, there's at least three or four other movies that are either Inside Job or The Inside Job. That's another one that deserves a follow-up question as well. So my, my task to you next time you talk to Chet, ask him to clarify which version of Inside Job is his favorite. I'll put that at the top of my to-do list. I'm just wondering, what is the most random show or movie that we could have gotten where Poku goes up there and he goes, you know what? I've just always had an affinity for Cake Boss. It's my favorite TV show. I've never missed an episode. And it's just like, what are you talking about? There's something yeah. extremely niche like that. Yeah, uh, that that would be great. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I'm still just kind of blown away that like, you know, uh, J-Dub is a big Kill Bill fan. You know, that's a that's a terrific movie. It's a classic. Um, and so I I definitely I, I appreciate um, I, I appreciate these guys, everything from Avengers Infinity War being the correct movie to pick from the Avengers uh, all the way down to Cad Poristam, Bichu, Kinger. I think the more I say it, the more the closer I will get to accuracy. So I just might just say it over and over for a while and see where it goes. Yeah, I'm very excited for this season, and um, I'm also very excited to talk to these guys. Last thing I'll say on the TV is that uh, I did talk to J-Dub about watching The Sopranos, and a funny story about that is I watched it during the pandemic, and I accidentally watched the first season backwards, unintentionally. 
And I was like, this is the worst show I've ever watched in my entire life. None of this makes sense. People are dying. They're reappearing. There are no plot lines. And I'm just complaining to my friend who referred it to me. He's like, this is one of the greatest shows ever. And then I uh, watched the second season in order. And I was like, I can now, I now see what you're talking about, but yeah, that, that's my advice. Watch the TV shows in order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely go, you know, season one, episode one, episode two, three, etc. Uh, don't do these in random order. So <laughs> that is great. Uh, one last thing before we tap out of here, uh, Twitter question came in from Alex Bowlerjack to kind of tidy up the show today. What are your top three rivalries in all of sports? And, um, did you happen to, did, did you have anything off the top of your head that comes to mind? Did you do any research on this? Um, I, I kind of have a top three, but I, it's I, also probably a little biased. Yeah, I think we're going to be biased on this. I did a little bit of research. I came up with a top three. There were some other ones of just like some dark horse ones that I wanted to throw out there, but I, I have a, a nice top three of uh, semi-serious ones. OU Texas being the first one, which we're going into this weekend. I'm an OU grad. And uh, one of my favorite rivalries in sports, uh, you get the state fair, you get the golden hat, everything in between. But what about you? What are your, some of your favorite rivalries? Yeah, I mean, OU Texas was going to be up there, which, again, is very local. If this was a show uh, out of North Carolina, it would not uh, make the top three, I wouldn't think. Um, but, you know, what would make the top three is UNC versus Duke. Um, I think that one stands the test of time. Um Yankees Red Sox also stands the test of time. It's one of these it's one of these rivalries that you know sometimes both teams are down and they're not very good, but you know when both of those teams are I'll just say it, throwing their fastball, um that's it there there's some legitimate stuff between those two teams. So I would put that up uh, in, in the top 3 as well. Yeah, I had Carolina Duke uh for basketball, the the history of those two programs and all the players that have come through. It's just like a who's who's cast of NBA all-stars and superstars towards the future. And then this one might be cheating. Just I read it as rivalry and not teams, but I put Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Yeah. And you can, you can go Lakers Celtics. I mean, that is something that is dated back to the sixties when they met in the finals regularly, there was an excellent five part documentary on Lakers versus Celtics. Um, Obviously that was the topic of the now canceled winning time TV series, which is, you know, if you're looking to burn 17 hours, um, I found that entertaining as well. Um, so I liked that one. And then there's other ones. I mean, you can go Michigan, Ohio State. Um, yeah, Army, Navy, I, I think is one that you can make a strong case for. I don't know about top three, but you can put that one up there at least top five. I think Army, Navy is is one not to be overlooked. I love that it's a rivalry between two teams who should be working together outside of the field, but on the field, it's just like, <laughs> I refuse. No, we're, we're going to just stomp you. Yeah. Yeah. And again, if this show uh, was based in Tuscaloosa, we would have Alabama versus Auburn uh, as one of those rivalries. I get it. Um, some people are going to feel passionate about Cubs versus Cardinals, but Alex, in asking this question, it made me think, there have been rivalries in the NBA, but a lot of them are sort of just very time sensitive. They're just moments in time. Lakers versus Celtics has in, has, has endured. But if this was the 90s, I'd be talking about Knicks versus Heat because I was a Knicks fan at the time and I did not like the Miami Heat at all. And, uh, you know, Bulls versus Knicks was a rivalry during that time, a very one-sided 
rivalry. Uh, Bulls-Pistons was a rivalry, but it was very brief as well. So um, you don't really get these long-lasting ones. And like the Thunder Warriors should have been like a multi-year rivalry between the Bay Area, the Glitz and Glamour, and then the hardworking Red Dirt, Clay, Oklahoma. Um, And it just wasn't meant to be. It was a brief moment in time and it was gone. Um, I would like to see something else come up that, that lasted a while and wasn't just kind of a flash in the pan. Yeah, that's the challenging part is that when you get these rivalries and we're hoping that the Thunder can reach some of that heyday um, space that they did before against the Spurs, but the Spurs and the Thunder never met until either the second round of their conference finals. So if you're going to have these rivalries, you need both teams to make consecutive deep playoff runs. Like that's what's so incredible about the magic bird is those two guys leading their teams and they face off in the finals multiple times. Like the idea that you'd get a rivalry from cross conferences where both teams have to make the finals is just ridiculous when we can't even line up a lot of rivalries within the same conference. Not to mention the fact uh, Michigan state versus Indiana state uh, in the national championship game. I better stop before I go off on a couple hour tangent about, uh, about Larry Joe bird. Um, so, but, uh, but no, that, that's a, <laughs> That is a great one as well. So uh, thanks to Michael for joining me today here on Big Friendly Sports. Really appreciate it. Uh, Follow Michael on all of his socials. Follow him on Sellout Crowd. And uh, if this is your first time hearing or watching this show, uh, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. It is very much appreciated. So that's the show for this week, everyone. Thanks so much for your time. Take care. We will talk to you soon.